Good evening. Welcome to Cross Politics on the Fight Lab Feast Network. Campus preacher Keith Darrell in the Back house because Pastor Toby's chilling. Chuck Knox on the water boy. It's good to be with you this evening. Are you going to come to Knoxville? They better. October 6th through the 8th? If they know what's good through for Through the 8th? It's good for the you. The theme of this year's conference is lies, propaganda, storytelling, and the straight edge. And I can't tell you how more important this theme just keeps getting as we get closer to the conference. Storytelling, uh, uh, Satan, not storytelling, <laughs> Satan, oh my goodness, is the father of lies and the mother of those lies is a government who has rejected God. We have especially been lied to these last two years and COVID panic has been one of the central mechanisms that our government has used to lie to us and to grab more power. Because Christians have not been reading their Bibles, we are susceptible to the lies and weak in our ability to fight these lies. God mm-hmm. has given us his word to fight Satan and his lies and we need to recover all of God's word, including the sharp, serrated edges and all. Swing. Mark your calendars for October 6th through 8th as we fight, laugh, and feast with fellowship, beer, and psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, hanging with our awesome vendors, meeting new friends, and more. Early bird tickets are available now, and Keith is so excited, he can't stop laughing. Yeah, he's so excited. Go to fightlaughfeast.com, click on shop, and we'll see you guys there. Swing. I just, it was this laugh button, and then I hit it again. Oh, way to go, Keith. Sorry. Sorry. The Biden administration. Administration is considering setting up abortion providers on federal lands in red states. Mm. And here's what Senator Elizabeth Warren has to say about this. We've got a lot of things on our agenda right now. First of all, we need to help the women who are pregnant right now and need help. And that means sending resources to the states like New Mexico, you know, that border other states that are going to try to help out. It means getting involved by volunteering, by sending money. It also means asking the president of the United States to make abortion as available as possible with the tools he has, including medication abortion, including using federal lands as a place where abortions can occur. Mm. Uh, Liberals are getting just bat stuff crazy Uh uh, about all this stuff. Health and Human Services Secretary, why do we have that uh, federal agency? I don't understand. Xavier Becerra, 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 said Tuesday, referring to this play, that we are aware of a number of ideas and proposals, many of which we have been considering internally ourselves. We have made no decision yet. We certainly would have a conversation with the president to make sure we implement his directives to us in trying to protect women's reproductive health care services. All right. Uh, No comment there. Uh, Ocasio Cortez, AOC, I'm just... (laughs) Just, occasional I'm just gonna, cortex. Occasional cortex. That's what um, uh, our boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, who who is alive and breathing today has also expressed interest in this idea. In fact, AOC called this a quote: "The babyest of the babyest of the baby steps." But um, she also refused to comment on how much those baby feet were actually worth. Roll the clip. And I think one of the things that we know, too, is that there are also actions at President Biden's disposal that he can mobilize. Aren't there? I'll start with the babiest of the babiest of the baby steps. Open abortion clinics on federal lands in red states right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. I'm sorry. It's I was incredible. in a trance. 
the the, the bloodlust of the left is gonna they're gonna try to find any way and any 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 strategy they're gonna use any strategy at hand to to get this passed uh, in Austin City you know the liberal city in Texas. Um, I won't go there right now, but Austin, I'm in, uh, I'm their their council, their city council is actually trying to pass um, what they call uh, Grace the Grace Act. Okay, the Grace Act stands for guarding G guarding the right to abortion care for everyone Grace Act and trying to decriminalize abortion in the city of Austin. So it's like just full so full satanic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and so Texas had a trigger bill, so it's illegal in Texas to to do most abortions now. Um, so and thievery. so the city of Austin is trying to fight back against all this. Although it's it's funny because I remember Kareem, uh, Jean, what's her name? Uh, Perrier, no, not Kareem. <laughs> no, no, our press secretary. Yes. She said, we understand the proposal and, and what it's intended to do. But there is one thing that they could actually do, which is calm down on this and providers at risk right now. Um, is what this would do. This would put providers at risk if they were to actually go along with putting federal, uh, lands allowing federal lands to have abortion clinics on there, um, and she said it was going to set a bad precedent. Well, because too. I think just because it's federal, she said unless they become federal employees, which I don't think that they would be opposed to that. But right now, it's still in the state's rights to prosecute, even if That's you right. do put it on the federal land. Because if, because if you murder on state land and you murder on federal land. You it's murder. murder. Right. But yeah. I just, I thought about this. I was like, this Logic. is yeah, good you know, job. Here. <laughs> I, I am. I, I do think this was a good play for them. I mean, just looking at this, I was like, wow, they're, they're, they're really, thinking, they're thinking, thinking about yeah, this yeah. and they're actually putting forth something that is, yeah. is actually a, a good play. But um, here's, but here's where we need to just start. We need to take responsibility as much as we can for everything. You know, it starts in your family, it starts in your church, starts in, and now uh, I think the states need to figure out how to take back these federal lands because now they're tr- they're trying to figure out how to use weaponize these federal lands against the states now. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the feds own seventy percent of the West, basically, yeah. uh, from New Mexico up yeah. to Idaho. So. Oh, yeah. that's not going. Uh, they <laughs> own seventy percent, two thirds in Idaho, and um, that all stemmed from the uh, the what was the Western Territory. Um, and as they expanded the Western Territory, the federal government just grabbed up more yeah. of those lands. They it was supposed to be um, cut off to free to to private property, but people to manage it and to take over that was a problem. Well, and this is why I love Nate's proposal about um, uh, in Idaho. If I was governor for a day in Idaho, I would give the federal lands over to the Indians, give them back their their land that we stole, and then you'd have a uh, the federal government have a problem of like stealing the Indian lands all over again, trying to take it back. And that just, <laughs> the optic just wouldn't work there. But we'd get the lands back and put a produ- productive use. The end of Roe v. Wade. Have you thought about it? I mean, really, really thought about it. The the thinking of the thoughts within the mind, thinking about the thinking of about the thinking of the thoughts about it. Where are you going with this? Well, that's a lot of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of thoughts about thinking about um, thoughts. I thought about it as, you know, a parent. We have two children who are in their 20s, a son and a daughter. I thought about it as a godparent of teenagers. I thought of it as an aunt of, of, of preschool children. And a woman yourself. And a woman myself. And the daughter of a woman. And a granddaughter of a woman. Ooh. And, you know, my husband and I are Better. talking about it. We have a 23-year-old. And my mother-in-law is in her 80s. Our daughter will not know the rights for the court, for the amount of time that my mother-in-law knew these rights. Have you thought about it? The thinking of those thoughts about your sons, the ones that actually you didn't kill in the womb. Have you thought about them? 
First of all, if you are a parent of sons, do think about what this means for the life of your son and what that will mean in terms of the choices he will have. Wow. Yeah, he can't that, kill a baby. That is incredible, mm-hmm. what she just said there. NPR, they've thought about this. They say that the end of Roe will cause men to suffer more economic pain. Um, Dr. Bethany Everett, a professor of the sociology at the University of Utah, says, while this issue is disproportionately impacts those people who can actually get pregnant, <clears throat> you mean w- w- women? Women, yeah. Dr. Everett says that this is important to look at abortion access from all sides, as limits on abortion access likely will have broader implication on society it, as a whole. Yes. Is one of those sides the baby side? Yeah, I don't think that that's what they're thinking about. A survey of more than 200 male partners of women seeking procedures at abortion clinics, doc, uh, the doctor says that this team found that about half of them already had children and supported termination of a pregnancy in order to better provide for their existing families. That's incredible. To already have a child and then want to abort the next one coming down the line? Dr. Everett says that parents should really think hard, think about (laughs) not just what the repeal of Roe v. Wade is doing to their daughters, Mm. but what it's going to mean for their sons. Their sons may become dads, much earlier than they actually were prepared to become fathers. So, have you <laughs> have you have you thought about the responsibility that a man would have to a woman who he didn't marry and to that child? I mean, have you thought have you thought about that? The uh, the, the whole sexual revolution is a throwing off of responsibility, and we're seeing it. You yeah, know, this side right. of row, we're just that's seeing right. it double down. Mm. Yeah, we got to negate well, that's all responsibility. I think this issue is a responsibility issue. Federal lands responsibility issue. States rights responsibility issue. Dads being dads, responsibility issue. I think this whole abortion thing boils yeah. down. To, it's, it's a fight over responsibility. Your son has a stake in the death of that baby. Yeah, yeah. A couple uh, years. Uh, it's a side story, but uh, preaching at University of Arizona, mm-hmm. and uh, it, we were defending uh, abortion and just yeah the, the how much it will ruin our life was basically the argument against it. The women on campus were like, yeah. I want to be able to have a career, I want to be able to, and if I get pregnant now. It's going to ruin my future. And so this this idea you just discard the child, it's, it's really. But this is the most value. I said this on Jason Whitlock's show yesterday, and I think I need to make just beat this into the ground again. Mm-hmm. People who are for this form of killing off another human being are worse than slave masters. Yeah. Do you understand that? Yeah. Slave masters felt that it was important for them to at least have a workforce, mm-hmm. regardless of what they felt about the humanity of somebody. <laughs> they knew they, there was value They there. knew there was yeah, value. Yeah. They knew that human yeah. beings were the most valuable commodity on planet planet earth That's they right. knew that right now we're saying oh my goodness he ha- might have another mouth to feed mm-hmm. that is a human mm-hmm. soul mm-hmm. right that's a human soul that brings value into the world and you do not i mean we don't even calculate we don't even have the ability to calculate that it, all it takes is one human being to be able to transform the whole world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mark zuckerberg mm-hmm. elon musk mm-hmm. right like that donald trump Don- <laughs> <laughs> Bars, but I mean, we we're not even thinking at all about Clarence the, Thomas. The, the, Clarence yeah. Thomas. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, yeah. all it takes yeah. is one. Yeah. And but every human being doesn't have to do that for them to be valuable to the world at all. And so we've completely misplaced the value of a human being. This article even contradicted itself because it says, you know, even people who have children before they probably should, before they have a job, they end up still making the same amount of money as somebody else. Who <laughs> this is? But this is why, like guys like David French and a lot of those. I don't know, neocons? I mean, you know, I don't know what to actually name them. But this is what they don't get, is that America is going to suffer greater judgment than Sodom and Gomorrah. 
right? America is going to, we're the ones killing off 60 million babies. Uh, America is going to suffer greater judgment. The, the, the age that we're in now is going to suffer greater judgment than the 1860s, uh, you know, antebellum South. And it reminds me of old uh, Leonard Ravenhill line, Sodom, Sodom didn't have a Bible. Uh, whereas we got churches on every single corner. Oof. We got Bibles abound. Oof. And so to whom much is given, much is expected. Right, so man. we ought to know what we should be doing, but yeah. instead we've turned our back. Well, a, a, culture, a, a culture like this, even, you know, she's making a horrible uh, contradictory statement. Um, Kamala Harris about like, I'm thinking about as a mother. I'm thinking about it as a, yeah. a cousin. And it's all emotional. Yeah. It's all pure yeah. emotional motivation. Like, uh, as, as a, a mother. sister. And I come from a mother. Who yeah. comes from a mother? Who comes from a mother? Like, <laughs> like it's just so, such patent absurdity, but it, it, it's pure emoting. There, there's but, no but substance there's, to anything she said. The, can, What's that Eddie Murphy clip where he, he speaks, he's speaking politics? Um, oh, oh yeah. You have nothing to fear but fear itself. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> Live free or die. And in conclusion, <laughs> read my lips. <laughs> that was from and that's where he stops. That's yeah. where he stops. He's doing this political speech where he's saying nothing but saying all sorts of one liners. Every time I hear Kamala, yeah. but you know what? Yeah. A culture that does not value life in the womb will not value life that's living. Because what's the cutoff point? At what point now with those kids that I have? If I have six kids mm-hmm. and my child right now is it, it turns two years old, I'm like, I can't take care of that child. I need to be able to kill this child because this child is not bringing value to the family. Yeah. But that's just not how God has made the world. The way that God has made the world is that human beings bring value just by the fact that they're made in the image of God themselves. Mm -hmm. And we need to remind people, children make life better. (laughs) Children are a beautiful thing. And I'm sorry, Keith, you have a monologue and we didn't even get to your monologue (laughs) because you didn't jump in when you're supposed to because (laughs) you're you don't know what to do. God's making it easy. Yeah. The the, the wicked are killing off their babies. God's making it easy for us. The mercy of the wicked is cruel. Nate Fisher's coming up next on New Founding. I want to know what they're doing. It's pretty amazing we'll talk to him next and then the after show we'll talk with nate and keith's monologue we'll do those then <laughs> yeah, cross politics coming up next armored republic exists to honor christ the king by providing tools of liberty to free men new york state just banned body armor armored republic is suing the state of new york in federal court to resist their arrogant war against your god-given rights mass shootings are tragic acts of evil that are best resisted by armed citizens and brave watchmen ready to fight back. The main violent threat to human life is not individual criminals, it is tyranny. This is Armored Republic. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy refining rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. Welcome back to Cross Politics on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Uh, This segment is brought to you by Boniface Woodworking. Boniface Woodworking exists for those who enjoy shopping with integrity, who want to buy handsome, handmade wood. It doesn't even say handsome. I just added handsome that. Handmade wood. <laughs> wooden furniture, gifts, and heirloom items. They should put that in there. That's nice. Yeah. For generations, from dining tables and church pulpits to cigar humidors, I'm, we're waiting on ours. Hopefully, you know, Boniface, where, they yeah, you, you shipping they it? They want you to get the ad And right everything first. in between. <laughs> I like that. They do want me to get everything in between. Church pulpits to cigar humidors. Everything in between. I love that. 
You guys don't love that? I, I mean, I get no comment there. Okay, I'll finish reading the ad. And, and transcends basic function of whatever they are. So start voting with your dollars and stay and stop buying cheap crap from people. I'm just going to let that hang there. From people <laughs> who hate you. Visit BonifaceWoodworking.com, see their gallery, learn their story, and submit your order for heirloom quality wood items. I mean, it's like last for generations. Yeah, that's that's what that's what we're going for. And you know, start building that Christian economy. That's right. You know, honestly, that's, that's right. one of the, one of the when we talked to Gifts and Go yesterday. That was even so good. You got their names wrong. If you yeah. haven't listened to that show, it was go so listen good. to that show. Yeah. That was phenomenal. But yeah. one of the things they said was super important. We have to keep reiterating this. Start using those platforms that that's support right. your worldview that are uh, building the kingdom at the end of the day That's and, right. you know, help them build. Because when they get started, they're not always perfect. Yeah. But we we tolerate it. Facebook, we tolerate it. Twitter, we tolerate a lot of these other platforms. Yep. And so we need to go ahead and start building things that support our worldview and let them get hot too. So uh, you guessed it. We got another Texan in the studio. They guessed it. Oh, man. They guessed it. We got another Texan in the studio. Uh, Nate Fisher. Or a is New Yorker. a general partner. No, no. <laughs> um, is a general partner and chairman of New Founding. He founded American Forum, ooh, which is a uh, Aaron Wren. It's part of that, right? American Forum, uh, which he leads as CEO and serves as chairman of Principal Investments. Nate has broad investment and in company building experience with a particular focus on macro changes and risks. Macro. I can't, I can't even get my mind around that. He has made con he has made control or lead investments in manufacturing, career prep, and alternative investment companies. He previously co-founded InvestRes. Is that how I pronounce that? InvestRes. Okay, a billion-dollar real estate company. Ooh, a billion! How about that? Has helped launch several civic organizations and is a Claremont Institute Lincoln Fellow. How do you get that? I want to be that. Can I get that? Uh, he lives. Talk. He lives in the promised land of Dallas, Texas, okay. with his wife and four children. Nate, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate. Thanks it. for having me. This yeah. is great. Uh, um, are those children baptized? I am a Presbyterian. Yeah. Hey! Okay. Deep in the heart of Texas. Right. Yeah, I grew up Christian Reformed, okay. so similar. Oh, hence little the more Calvin uh, connection. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I, I, it's, I, yeah, the Calvin connection. Okay. That's why I went there. So, uh, you started New Founding. I know about this much about it. Um, and it, it sounds, it sounds like there's a lot of, um, kind of vision stuff connected with what you're doing with New Founding. Um, you want to maybe just, just kind of give me an overview of what New Founding is and let's get into some of that vision. Sure. So I think your, your lead into this, the ad for Boniface Woodworking encapsulates uh, what we're trying to do, which is okay. we recognize that uh, the right has, uh, the right strength has been op-eds and sound bites and uh, political memes commentary. And memes. Yes, memes, yeah. memes, yeah. memes took off, yeah. but you can't, left can't, build, meme. Left you, can't meme. you can't build an alternative uh, way of life on that. Mm -hmm. And what, mm. uh, what we recognize is that politics is now touching every aspect of life. Okay. Politics uh, politics is interested in you, uh, to paraphrase a uh, Trotsky mm -hmm. line. Mm -hmm. uh, you may not be interested in politics, but mm -hmm. it is going to find its way into your company, into your cultural institutions, mm -hmm. into everything. And the right can't just cr criticize that, and I think we have about a 60-year tradition of criticizing that. The right needs to build an alternative, but to even build alternatives, we need to know what we're aspiring to. Okay. And that means... That means develop out the vision of what an alternative way of life looks like, mm -hmm. what a more human way of life looks mm, like. I like this. And, and ultimately, that's primarily the, the, the domains that we focus on today, day to day, which are mm -hmm. cultural, which are commercial, mm -hmm. which are the businesses, which are the places that provide jobs, uh, which are uh, 
what you read and consume if you're not a politics nerd the way uh, a small share of us are, if you're mm -hmm. a normal, healthy American. <laughs> and so New Founding, I think of New Founding as a venture organization. This is a bird, this is a movement that's growing. More and more people recognize they need this. They don't, know, they don't know exactly what they need. But the way we envision this is we have a media arm, a very significant media arm. Our most popular publication is called Align. And it's a newsletter that comes out once a week whose motto is don't buy from people who hate you. Mm. And it will provide alternatives, three, four alternatives typically that are just good, wholesome, all-American businesses that oh, do not hate you. On that one. I, 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 that's a great idea. I mean, yeah. as soon as you read that, I thought that 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 epitomizes what we want, right? It's not yeah. just some cheesy yeah. uh, sort of classic niche ghettoized alternative. It's, it's making good quality products that epitomize not just our values, but also uh, what, we, what we should aspire to make. And so I... Uh, that newsletter points people in the right direction. Okay. It, it helps paint this picture of what a life like this can look like. Mm -hmm. And then as a venture organization, we look into more ways of actually building these networks, building the institutions, bringing people who are drawn to that vision together mm -hmm. to actually create these companies. On the investment side, we're working on a, a fund called Principal Investments, mm -hmm. which will invest growth equity in some of these companies. We're also, uh, the American Forum, which we're talking about here is, uh, is a tech platform which is building what will develop into a sort of search engine for especially for categories where you uh, you recognize that values matter a lot, mm -hmm. which is a lot of categories. The way I like to put that is any type of recommendation where you're going to get a better result by asking the best person in your church for a recommendation than you'll get from Google, mm -hmm. which is a vast category of, of things in life. If you need a babysitter, if you want kids books, you go to Google their list of kids books they recommend will turn your kid trans. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you go to some mom in your church who's does extensive research, figuring out the perfect books for six, seven year olds, you're gonna get an amazing list. So any category like that is the area where ultimately people go for convenience. Why do you go to Google anyway? Because it's more convenient. So yeah, that sounds great. What would be an easy way to find that? Like to find, get a line on a weekly basis. So I'll, yeah, so a line, uh, go to joinalign.us. Okay. Uh, just the two words, joinalign.us and you can sign up for the newsletter. And we actually just launched a directory with about 300 businesses. And uh, a lot of the other stuff is in beta. We're still working on it. It'll be ready very soon. And it'll be much more extensive. Really the goal is to round out every aspect of life. And, and once you have that search engine that directs traffic to places, mm -hmm. then that creates a market for entrepreneurs who want to build something in a new space. So mm -hmm. how do you, with the search engine, how do you get, I mean, there's so much, maybe we'll have to save that for the backstage, but how do you get to those moms who have done all that work, how you prioritize them being lifted to the front or the way you operate in versus other. Engine. So that's, uh, that's where I think there's a, I, I have a fundamental critique of how Silicon Valley approaches reputation, how it approaches information. They, they have this sort of, the crowd is right. Uh, most like uh, one like is one like, and there's no understanding of quality. It really is all about engagement, all about the dopamine hits. And that's just not how healthy communities work. So they essentially have created this artificial Net, network. It's it's not even a community that's built on nothing but the loose ties of, of dopamine and, and engagement. And when you think of a real human community, how do you decide which mom you're going to ask? You, you recognize that within communities, there's a concept of credibility. Within even a broader community, within a country, within that's a country right. that is a healthy country, there's a concept of credibility. And when someone who is credible recommends something within their community, it's not just one of these things you sort of put out there online and there's no, you put it out there and it's purely your opinion. It's a very individual thing. It's actually a communal thing. She is staking some of her credibility, her reputation mm -hmm. on 
betting that you're going to find that useful. And so she's careful about it. She stewards it. And who rises in credibility? Who's recognized as someone you turn to? It's someone who's careful about what they say. It's someone who it's someone who's developed judgment. They exercise judgment when they say things. They know they're circumspect. They know when to speak and when not to speak. And I think that's that's a fundamentally different model than how virtually any network has has been designed. And yet that's how credibility works in every human community. So our model is rather than building on the Facebook <laughs> model and really even building on things like mm-hmm. Parler and things that really try to copy an existing model, recognize that those are just flawed models. Mm-hmm. They don't they they don't elevate the best of human communities. Instead what we need to do is we motivate we motivate people and we develop a model that recognizes who the credible people are and encourages them to share their information. Mm. This kind of sounds like an ESG model almost. Are you familiar with ESG yes. scores? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like ESG search engine results a little bit. Yep. So I would say, yes, what the ESG people actually recognize is values matter and values matter in every domain of life. Yeah. And if you think of a search engine, values inherently matter. So you go to Google, you type in a search result, you get a number one, you get a number two, you get a number 10, number 100. What determines what's number one versus number two? someone's, some definition of the good, some value system. Uh-huh. It's impossible. I think we've had this fantasy that the ESG people actually recognized is wrong, that there is this sort of values neutral mechanism that now. will just this marketplace of ideas. And there's yeah. no, there's no neutral public square. And I think as yeah. you get into the digital world where everything is curated by, uh, by these algorithms, yeah. it becomes clear that it's impossible. And so I think as yeah. you, as you recognize there's going to be a value system that shapes your, your results, there's, we know what the value system should be. Uh, right? hold, hold on one second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. So, so why didn't you? Why didn't you just buy like DuckDuckGo or or, or I mean, not, you're starting a search engine from scratch. It sounds hold like. Hold on, I, but hold on. Uh, I want to I want to pause real quick because we we yeah, don't yeah. have to say some of that for the backstage. But I want to get yeah, to. Okay, okay. You started with you started with um, Align the news yep. forum, yes. right? And then you went on to the American Forum. Yes. Is there another thing there too? That you're that's a part of this new founding. So there's a lot. There's other publications. We have Return, which is a tech publication focused on the question of what does it mean to live as a human in the digital age. And that's a that's a profound question when you get into transhumanism and all of the uh, all of the questions AI. people ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is it? What does it mean? And I I have an answer to that for one thing, which is I I have a higher view of humanity and I have a fairly dim view of the sort of AI that drives Google searches, which is why I think Google is actually so use, useless in so many categories. I mean, I think Facebook and Google are very very weak companies. People people get nervous about them. Big tech seems to have a lot of power, but I think they're at the same time eminently vulnerable because they have a broken view of humanity. Yeah. So that's, Amen. so return is a big one there. And then on the nonprofit side, but it's part of the same thing. I founded American Reformer with, that's the one I founded with Aaron Wren. Uh-huh. Uh, ben Dunson edits the newsletter. Josh Abitoy is now executive director. And part of that is if we're painting a picture of a vision of what we should aspire to, it has to be anchored to Christianity. And ultimately the historical Protestant understanding of politics mm-hmm. and culture had a very robust understanding yeah. of mm-hmm. the relationship between your theology and your your political philosophy right. that has been largely lost in the church. So American Reformer is laying out, uh, it, it's laying out what that looks like informed by a lot of the same sort of thinkers who actually shaped uh, shaped the people who founded our country. And, yeah, and who'd be some of the like main influences on your, say, theological think- thinking? I know Aaron Wren a little bit. Um, so who, who are the people that have influenced your thinking? So Aaron Wren, Aaron Wren uh, significantly, significantly influenced it both by helping me see the problem and see the need. And he really, uh, at a structural, from a structural perspective, uh, 
I think recognize the need to actually fight and be on the advance. Uh, ben Dunson is the editor of the journal. Ben's very thoughtful Presbyterian, uh, was a seminary professor, recognized a lot of problems in the seminary world and how all of those institutions are working and is now uh, helping elevate that. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are not prominent names who are uh, very thoughtful people. In many cases, they're still doctoral students, and they're just writing things that Gabriel Wrench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You know. He said thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so, great communicators. I, I, I don't want. I, I think it's. I, I, this is not. And I'll say about American Reformer. That's not my expertise. Actually, I'm. I could tell you way more about the tech platform. I learned from it. Part of the reason I, I found it is I know it needs to happen. Yeah. I learned something for yourself every time. and for, for myself. Others. Yeah, if, yeah, I'm yeah, aspi- if I'm going to if I'm going to create this uh-huh. political vision we aspire to. Uh-huh. I needed to be informed by this tradition that I come out of. Okay, so where can people go to find out more information to understand what Newfounding is doing and just kind of see what you guys have going on? So Newfounding, newfounding.com is our website. Okay. That okay. that links to several different aspects of it. I would say yep. follow me on Twitter. Okay. I, okay. I tweet a lot about this. I hate to direct you to no, what's uh, your tw- uh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Nate a. F- at Nate A. Fisher. But that's probably the most active May channel. Nate A. Fisher? Nate, Nate oh, A. Fisher, Nate yes. A. Okay. Nate Fisher. Right. And you you want to hang around a little bit so we can chat a little more? Absolutely. Okay. I'd love to. I'd love to. All right. If he, he, great time to be a Fight Lab Feast Club member because we're gonna. I'm going to dig a little more deeper. I just followed him. Okay. <laughs> Could you? I, I want to. You weren't already following me. <laughs> no, I, I know. I, mean, I, know. I don't think I was. Either. Did, did I say that live? I mean, it, <laughs> if you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids? And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. Oh, I hit the ending too. Uh, we about to kick it over with Nate Fisher back in the backstage. backstage. The season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. All right, so just stay like this. How, how am I doing here? So, yeah, you don't like you don't like this, huh? What does a Christian education look like when non-Christians are the ones who control the institutions of learning? This is a question that confronted Bishop Augustine of Hippo in North Africa in the fifth century AD. Augustine lived at the twilight of the Roman Empire. He himself had been trained with the best learning that Rome at that time had to offer. He himself actually came through the ranks and taught rhetoric in some of the best schools. And it was then, after he had come of age, that he converted to Christianity, but he wanted to continue the project of education, but this time for Christians. And so he had to confront the question, what does a Christian education look like when the unbelievers control the field? when they control the institutions, when the whole apparatus and curriculum of learning emerge from a pagan environment. And so Augustine wondered, what is it that Christians should jettison? What is it that Christians can embrace? What is it that Christians can adopt, but in modified form? These are the questions that Augustine confronted when he sought to educate Christians in an environment when unbelievers dominated the field. A century later, we see a man in the south of Italy named Cassiodorus who faced a very different educational landscape. He had to ask what did a Christian education look like in an environment where unbelievers had abandoned the project of education altogether. The infrastructure of learning 
had entirely eroded. If education was to proceed at all, it had to proceed on the foundation of Christianity. The Christians had to be the ones preserving education. What does a Christian education look like when Christians are the ones forming the institutions, when Christians are the ones organizing the curriculum? Well, these two seasons in the history of education, the season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus, just 100 years apart, were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. We're gonna be studying this story. We're going to be going back to the sources. We're going to go back to Augustine. We're gonna go back to Cassiodorus. We're gonna ask ourselves, which of their predicaments most resembles our own? Which can we learn from Augustine's period? What can we learn from Cassiodorus's period? As we confront these questions, we're gonna engage these sources, and we invite you to join us here at New St. Andrews College.